0: For my 106 class, February 4th, 2021. All right, the purpose of this podcast, or audio file that I will share, is to explain some of the things I have said or that have been put into the syllabus, which nobody reads, which shouldn't just surprise me, but as I've said before, we treat the syllabus like an end-user licensing agreement. You're held accountable for it, even if you don't read it. And so anything that's really important, I also say in, often in the rubric or in lesson plans or, or somewhere else in Canvas, and you are held accountable for it, but I guess people aren't always reaching that. I'm also noticing that, once again, people are finding ways to do homework assignments without reading the things I thought you read or watching the videos I thought you would have watched before you did it. You're guessing. You're looking at the assignment, guessing, and getting it done, and I don't I don't hold you that against you. I don't think less of you as a person, but yeah, I do grade based on what I explain and what the expectations are. So in a way, I am kind of judging your work, but I'm not judging you as a person. So heads up, don't apologize for mistakes that you make because they're just mistakes. There's nothing good or bad about a mistake. It's something that happens. And if you learn from a mistake, well, that's awesome. Might be a good point to, time to point out also that this is college and you are expected to learn new things. People sometimes contact me and get quite upset and say, well I didn't know that I was supposed to use MLA format and that it had to be your name and then my name and then class name and then date. Well, okay. Learning new things happens in college. It's supposed to happen in college. No one thinks less of you for not knowing something when you get to college. Really, I don't I don't think less of you anyway. I don't put up with people who refuse to acknowledge things i've said over and over again for example mla format file names i think it's passive aggressive if you are continuing to do the same thing over and over again despite despite my polite requests reminders and even using a rubric to communicate with you that no you need to double space you need to use 12 point font You need to have file names without punctuation in it because if you put a backslash or a colon or a a bracket into a file name, a lot of legacy software will not read it. It will kick it out. You won't be able to participate in. All right, so I'm going to go through in today's, in this podcast, I'm going to explain a few things for people that think I'm just being an asshole. And to be completely fair, that's always a possibility. I try not to be. But the things that I ask for that people seem to be reacting against right now, I'm pretty confident art really coming from a place of assholishness. All Alright, first off, for example, MLA format. MLA format is important. Now when you print off a paper, and it's got that MLA heading on page one, the information in order is your name, and then the instructor's name, and then the class name and the date. And then a title, that is part of MLA format. And if it's more than one page, it should have page numbers. If it's one page or less, you don't need page numbers. But in my class, get in a habit, put page numbers on it, which is your last name, not the words last name, but literally what your surname is, how I will find your information in in the school records. That goes in your page number. That way, if a paper were to fall to the ground, get lost, get slipped under someone else's door, we could put them back in order By looking at the page numbers and knowing whose paper and which which assignment. And anyone finding your paper, if it gets misplaced, would know that the teacher was the second person down. And they would help you out. I mean, true story. I was at KU. Last day of the semester, someone slides a paper under my door. I look at it. It's not my student. They did not use MLA format. I knew the student's name. That's it. I knew it was in some Comp 1 class, which I taught. Actually, I taught Comp 2, so it was probably Comp 2. I put it on my office mate's desk. A couple days later, it shows up back on my—we were never there at the same time. A couple days later, he puts the work back on my desk. And he didn't give a shit. He didn't care about anybody else. But I really did care. I I wanted this kid to succeed because, you know, I want to be a good person, and I want to care about students. And I do care about my students and other people's students. So I took that paper and I knocked on every door of every office on the third floor of Wesco. I asked everybody. It might have been second floor. But anyway, I asked everybody I could find. And I was there a lot. Nobody knew this student. All right. I could not find out which class this student was in, who was his teacher or her teacher, whatever the case might be. They probably failed the class because they didn't turn in their last assignment. If they had used MLA format, and if the teacher's name had been on there, I would have put the paper in the teacher's mailbox, and the teacher probably would have graded it, and the student probably would have passed. Anyway, that there are reasons, whether you like it or not, for a lot of things, and it just takes a long... I spent five minutes explaining something that most people don't care that much about, but yeah, MLA format, for the heading, protects you. Also, you put the teacher... You put instructor, professor doctor in front of the teacher's title, because it says so in the, your textbook, it says so in all those video clips I, I shared with you online on YouTube, and there's other reasons why as well that I've talked about in previous podcasts that you're more than welcome to go check out, and I'll rant about that another time, another place. Now, the wrap method, okay, this week I looked at the rap method and a lot of people, but I did not want you to copy-paste the question, because that's redundant, That's extra words. That's extra work for me as a reader. I have a limited amount of time. I have a limited amount of headspace. I have a limited amount of patience. Okay? Students think, oh, 500 words? He just likes lots of words. And they just throw bullshit out there. Don't do that. No. I want stuff that's on task, on topic, relevant. I want 500 words because I want you to think. I want to see evidence of thought, in-depth thought try to think I don't want empty words like in my opinion or I think that or very or really no I don't want and I don't want repetition of the question the copy copy pasted now the wrap method is you restate the question in the form of a statement using key vocabulary and the reason this is so valuable well it tricks the reader into thinking that you're answering the question even if you don't okay that was that's a life pro tip this may be a large part of the reason why I, have such a great job. I mean, this is the job I, I dreamt of. This is what I wanted, and I got it. I do very well in interviews. I get do very well in getting jobs, and there's some probably some white privilege there as well, but I know how to speak the language, and I know that by taking keywords out of job requirement posts, when you apply for the job, you feed that same language back in your cover letter. You ding, 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 ding. The people reading your work, think you are answering the question even if you're not and you get put to the head of the list for interviews it's a life skill the the wrap method the re- restate your question is in an answer don't copy paste the question because that's obviously padding your paper padding word count it it's unnecessary all right I want to be able to and also it it's kind of a game for me when I read your sentence I was I like to guess which question you're answering based on the way you, and I should be able to do that if you do do it right. And if I can see the question copied, that kind of makes it less fun for me. But I said, said in the assignment prompt, do not copy the question, copy paste. And so if you did, you lost two points. On a related note, when I was looking at the schedules, and by the way, on the schedule assignment, if you did not get 100% of the points and you want the points, you can resubmit. Look at the rubric, look at any comments I made, fix, resubmit, you got a week, I will regrade it in a week. But I notice this on some people. Some of you have a great work ethic, but I want you to work smarter, not harder. You can bury people in words, and you can stop them from listening that way. You can bury, and you can do the same thing in your writing. If you just put lots of empty filler, unnecessary text, it it can stop people from engaging with you in your work, and you don't want to do that. So I want you to be intentional about the, the, your use of language. Okay, regarding MLA format, I have asked, in the, and I will consider in the future, if not so far. MLA format involves everything's double-spaced and only double-spaced. The font should all be the same. It should be consistent. And that includes the page numbers, which I don't know why, but a lot of word processors will automatically use a different font. Even if you change it in the body, it doesn't change the font in your headers. So pay attention to that. It's a little thing, but in life there are no little things. Everything means something. But if you have many different sizes of font, it it looks like one of those mad lad edge lord. They call it studly text or sticky text, or we you have you know random capitalizations and lowercase to indicate you're being crazy or silly. Don't do that. All right. Everything should be the same font, the same size. All right? It it's what's expected. It's professional. It's just the way that it has to be, okay? Don't make the the title bigger. The t- every paper to be MLA format needs a title. Doesn't have to be good. And I know a lot of high school teachers, grade school teachers say the title should be the last thing you do. Well, they're wrong, okay? The title should be the first thing you do, but it should change as your paper changes. So if you're writing a natural narrative, you can put natural narrative as your title for now on your rough drafts, and you can have something more relevant and pithy and, and beautiful and everything at, at the end. Just keep changing it, but have something sitting in there in the place of your head of your title. It should be centered using the formatting uh, tools. Don't guesstimate it. Don't tab, tab, tab. Don't space bar, space bar, and guess where it's in the middle. Use the formatting option that centers it perfectly because I can tell. Also, in the syllabus, anyway, it says you must use 12 point font. And people, there's a lot of reasons for that. But I can tell, and it's not because I'm some super genius that can tell what size font you're using i mean yes 30 years i've been working in professional copywriting in teaching in public marketing I've, i've had to look at font a lot and i that i should be good at it but the real reason i know when you use 11 point font is because when i hit 41 my eyes started to change that's typical in adult human beings your eyes shift at about 40 and i cannot read 11 point font I need to get my cheaters, my dad used to call them, my my reading glasses. I literally, that's the breaking point. I can read 12-point font without my glasses, without any help. And it's amazing. I can do it. That's that's just the way it works. So if I have to get out my reading glasses, it makes me feel old. And when I feel old, I feel cranky. And when I'm cranky, I'm not very nice. So use 12-point font because you want someone being nice to you when you read the papers. Oh, and back again to that thing about don't apologize for not using it. Just get it right the next time. Accept consequences for mistakes you make, all right? It's every, There's such a thing as an honest mistake, and I expect that, but I also know I've had students who would use 11-point font just to mess with my head, you know, because they're being passive-aggressive. There's, like, one every other year, and I don't need that. And so I have it built in my syllabus that I can, there are consequences for being passive aggressive. Also, about grades. My early assignments in my class are, are low stakes, okay? If you screw up the first couple pa- papers in the first week or two of my semester, as long as you're turning something in, it's not gonna make that big of an impact on your grade. All right, as the semester goes along, homework assignments become more and more important. They become a bigger part of your overall grade. So you can learn. If you make mistakes, you can learn from them. And I'd like to like to quote uh, this TV show. used to be called Mythbusters. And they used to say, failure is always an option. Because failure is an option if you're going to be learning anything. If we remove the option of failure, then people don't learn. Okay? You're not pushing yourself hard enough. You're not challenging yourself enough. Or, without consequences behavior doesn't change because why should it if nothing matters why bother that's the way people think now there may be a few people that truly care about the beauty of language and blah 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 they're they're very rarely in freshman sophomore level english classes they're going to learn anyway but so for me anyway i had to have consequences attached to expectations of my instructors or otherwise i didn't change And I had to have things made very clear to me, which is why I use rubrics. So check those out. And read the assignment prompt and pay attention because part of what we're doing these first few weeks is learning that you have to look at the prompt to follow directions because that's how you learn what expectations are. And then we can talk. And if you have questions, ask me. You know, I'm totally aware that sometimes I do not make things perfectly clear. Or maybe they're clear to everyone else but not you. That does not mean there's anything wrong with you. The truth is, we all speak different dialects of English, and not one dialect is better than another. But you know what? Sometimes that causes misunderstandings, miscommunications. This is where you gotta step up and ask. I I cannot remember thinking any less of anyone for asking any question. I mean, 90% of the time when people ask a question, it's a question other people have as well. And by the way, I see a lot of people go into that frequently asked questions to look. People go in 15, 20 times. Not one person has posted a question there, though. So everyone's waiting to see someone else ask a question, on the frequently asked questions, but no one has the courage yet so far to post their own question to get feedback from anyone else. So I'm going to think about what that means. And if you have ideas, post that in, your, in, in, in the frequently asked questions. Really, use that. All right, that's probably enough ranting for today. But again, to recap, MLA format, it matters. You may not understand why. You are more than welcome to ask, but there's a reason for every little thing. And you might think that that little reason is that the professor is an asshole, but while that may be true, that's not the reason, I swear to goodness. And number two, file names are important. Use the name you want to be called. I prefer that, though if you go with your first initial last name, that is okay according to the syllabus, so I will allow it. If I put something in writing, you can follow the instructions, all right? And I will not punish people for following my instructions to a T if my instructions are bad. If in doubt, ask me. And if the instructions are every ever different two places, like I say it has to be 500 words one place, and I say it has to be 300 words another, you can turn in 300 words and be fine. Because I will not punish you for a mistake I made all right i want more work more thought more engagement but just empty words that's not the answer okay reading your work is my job i love my job but i want you to focus on on what's important what's meaningful if you didn't get 100% look why if you have questions communicate with me because there's always a reason i don't take away points for no reason and i'm always able to put it in words so if it's not in the rubric but read the rubric first read the writing the annotations I make on your paper, on the PDF. You have to go in there and click on where it says view feedback, though. It's not intuitive. Okay, everyone's treated the same, and me doing or not doing something, counting something or not counting something, grading something or not grading something, this creates a record. It documents what the problem was, and if the problem is that you can't get things done on time, that is something we need to know and work on. So, I'm not going to change my record of the facts. I treat everyone the same. Now, it may be interesting to you, you may you know I can tell there's some people that are getting frustrated with me being a hard case right now. If you go to rateyourprofessor.com, you'll notice that I have a slightly better than average rating, but I have far and away more and more evaluations than any other faculty member at JCCCC. Now, the only reason people go to rate your professor is if they are strongly if is if they were impacted strongly. If they love me to death they go to rateyourprofessor.com. Or if they hate my stinking guts, they go to rateyourprofessor.com. I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm constantly tweaking my methods. I'm trying my best. But I do think that I... I think the fact that I have more evaluations than anyone else shows that I provoke strong reactions. I mean, people love me or hate me. But I don't change. I try to be predictable. I think that as long as someone is consistent and predictable, that is a form of honesty. And I try really hard to be open, honest, and transparent. I do care. Now, that doesn't mean I do what you want all the time. But I don't think giving people what they want is always the best practice. If you have children, you know that sometimes children want to eat candy for dinner all the time. But that would be terrible parenting. Giving people what they want isn't a good strategy when people don't know what they want or they don't understand the process. So the solution, communication. Early, often, let me know. And if you're trying to figure out how you're going to scam your way through class without doing the work, be aware that I've been doing this for close to 30 years. And I've had 30 years to work my magic on the syllabus to prepare for that sort of thing. And also be aware that I was not the world's greatest student. (laughs) In fact, if you read my Literacy narrative. I got kicked out of college once or twice. I know how bad students think. I know how difficult students think. I mean, happy families are all alike, to paraphrase Tolstoy, but now unhappy families are are each unhappy in their own individual way. Well, good students are all alike, but bad students are different in each in their own individual way, and I was a bad student. I loved to learn, but I did not get along with my teachers very well. I had to learn, I had to learn how to be a good student, and I didn't learn until I was like a junior or a senior in, in, in my bachelor's degree. A lot of you are way more mature than I was at your age, or your stage of the education game. All right, that's probably more than you can listen to, but thank you for listening. Bye.